Chapter 1. In the Air What is above, my dog? We were mostly Americans on the flight out of Chicago, crossing Greenland and Sweden, passing over Lithuania and Turkey, then Iran. No one had taken advantage of Etihad Airlines' Falcon policy, by which a bird of prey is permitted at merely three times the cost of an extra-checked bag. Two more are welcome, if you buy them a seat. With no such distractions, I watched the Chinese game show Just Go and felt the world grow small. It was just as terrible as American TV, and just as glorious. Juice, said the pretty attendant in a pretty hat, balancing three glasses on a tray, two of them shades of orange. What's the orange one? I asked. It's orange, she said. Clearly, I didn't belong. Obviously, one of the oranges was orange, or had even that been too hasty an assumption. I took the glass of the mystery orange and a tentative nip. It was fitting, in a way. The root of the Arabic for carrot, juzzer, is shared by the words for island and peninsula, as in the Arabian Peninsula or the island of Abu Dhabi. Of course, it was total coincidence in that place where linguistic bloodlines run tangled back into ancient history, but as we headed toward Jazirat al-Arab, I couldn't help but imagine our destination like a great carrot on the map. I had never been much for going with the flow, but a certain flow had brought me here. I left high school dreaming of Russian study, and Hebrew, and modern Greek, languages I connected to through ancestors once or twice removed, and thought sounded sexy. But in the last four years, I had hardly questioned why I spent my first week of college auditing two Arabic classes in the hope of winning a spot. Consciously, in my only moment of choice, I just thought it would be fun. My cousins in Jerusalem thought I was mental. When I talked to Itai in his camp at the Negev at officer's school in the Israeli army, where he trained boys younger than we were to train boys younger than they were, I could hear him shaking his head over the wire. I just don't get it. Why don't you learn Hebrew? Because you speak English, I said. In a windowless below-ground classroom uptown, my elementary Arabic class met four times per week for 75 minutes. Seven miles from the deadliest attack ever on American soil, the study of this language, the official tongue of the religion claimed by these attackers, carried a special emotional charge. There were native speakers of Arabic dialects unversed in the literary language, political scientists, Hebrew-speaking Jews, and total neophytes like me, and no one denied the impression that this was a language that represented a certain opposition, that it was on the other side of something. Many of us were drawn in because we were nosy, and we looked for bridges across the murky gap. Downtown, five years earlier, 9-11 had forced Arab and Muslim and Middle Eastern onto the airwaves. It was wartime with rhetoric to match, and the battle lines of our new enemies were painted with huge, clumsy brushstrokes. The attack had made us all forcefully self-conscious. We perceived them, assumed their perceptions of us, and then cancelled all the flights to Beirut. But by learning the primary language of this region, some of us thought, we might be able to figure out what them were really thinking. Learning to spell Salam Aleikum seemed like a good place to start. I was hooked long before I felt the language let fall the first of its veils, revealing morphology as finely calibrated as the engine of a race car. 
From the words to know, alama, we can divine through patterns. To teach, to make know, alama. To learn, to make oneself know, ta'alama. To inquire, to seek to know, ista'alama. Scholar, a knower, alim. And information, the knowns, ma'alumat. And in the reverse, the unknown is knowable if we can recognize the root. A little familiarity can go a long way. Of course, we often guess wrong. That word for scholar, alim, usually means world. To live in Arabic is to live in a labyrinth of false turns and double meanings, Jonathan Rabin wrote in Arabia Through the Looking Glass. No sentence means quite what it says. Every word is potentially a talisman, conjuring the ghosts of the entire family of words from which it comes. Its trademark haziness can...